0: the college football experience, FCS national championship and Alabama, Georgia national championship preview on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by win bet. is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet bet as what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk free sports bet or download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's Fantasy. B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, you're brought to you by us, the SGPN app. Yes, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hey, what's up, you degenerate gamblers? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Welcome to the college football experience, FCS national championship, and the Invitational national championship. Georgia, Alabama, and College Football Talk episode. My name is Kobe Swing and Dan, AKA Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Double the price, that no one touches Dundee. <laughs> Let's have some fun full season was kind college football, invitational. not so much when it comes to gambling, but we will talk about that in a minute. First, gotta, gotta introduce you to my co-host still not in studio, but we're working on it. He's getting closer. All right. Give it up for the burrito eating, sideline kiss, stealing wheeling and dealing Patty C in the place to be. Hello. Coming in hot. There you go. Pal.
1: Back in L. A. Rocking and rolling.
0: Gotta I love that. Finish
1: out this college football season the right
0: <laughs> All right, third man in the booth. Give it up for the DFS God himself, the Rooftop IPA drinking. Homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock given. Former, former Herndon Optimist MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. How are you, pal?
2: Hey, doing pretty good, man. How you guys doing today?
0: I'll give you some music. Oh, <laughs> gotta love some tech mobile. Like connections a little weak though, huh? A little All right, static. A little yeah, static I felt like but static I think there. That
2: everybody uh, knew what they were uh, here and there.
0: That's the aliens, man. Um, guys, we got two college football games left. Two, just two, and then the season you know, it seems like I I don't know that the off is going to be that boring this year because it's been wild and I'll jump right into it in a second here because I mean there's talk. Well, first I guess let's just do this reaction show, Georgia murked Michigan NC. Nick was right. And I'll be damned if Stetson Bennett didn't look like Roger Stahlbeck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, I gotta admit. Oh my God. Like, dude, I would have bet. Like, okay, I could see myself losing the eight points in Michigan. I did not think Stetson Bennett would ever look that good in his life. I, I, I am, t- I was taken back. It almost makes me believe can he do it twice in a row and be a legend? Um, I said I need. To, if he beats Bama, we got to get a statue of him in the studio.
2: <laughs> All uh, the smack you talked about Stetson Bennett holy over the years. shit! Uh, hey, right. So some people are are late bloomers, I suppose. Um, so not only did he have you know a fantastic game, but as I thought might happen, the Georgia D really stepped up big time. And
0: and the O line they didn't give up a sack.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of like they were pissed about losing Alabama, huh? You were you were on that one. I was. Uh, I didn't expect that though. I I expected. I mean, I picked Georgia to cover, but I thought it was going to be a, a little bit more even, you know. Um, but hey, sometimes the SEC shows why they win a lot of championships.
0: Well, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we'll see. Uh, I still think at a large <laughs> don't start calling in down a large that, uh, playoff, <laughs> it'd be a bit different. I, I I I still think Ohio State would match up pretty damn good with uh, Georgia, but. I will say this, that was fucking impressive, and maybe I eat my words there some more if Georgia beats Bama. But let's talk about the other side of things. The uh,
1: well, 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 real quick, let's let's not act like Stetson bedden didn't do his uh, stereotypical throw the ball over the middle late a few times and ha- have it float through the defense and uh, harmlessly hit true. the ground a couple.
0: That's true, but at the same time, like he looked crisper than ever. I thought, like, uh, oh, he looked great. Yeah, I'm not, that's gonna, not gonna take it that is the best I've ever seen him. I'm sure his mom is going to say that even when he was in little league, I've never <laughs> seen like, I mean, that was impressive. And uh, yeah. And George, how about, you see that, that clip of George Pickens blocking, just destroying mm. the corner <laughs> for, uh, I don't even know which corner it was, but um,
2: and, and And I don't know if you guys got a chance to read my preview column, but on that column, I said specifically, Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook, might be the difference maker. And sure enough, he had over hundred, over hundred yards receiving and a touchdown and also some
0: yardage on the ground as well. And you can oh. read all of NC Nick's columns at sportsgamblingpodcast.com or at the SGPN app. So go get that thing. Yeah, you were right on that one. Bama Cincinnati was kind of how I envisioned it. Now, look, I was a good sport. I took Cincinnati in the points, but I told Patty C. <laughs> I thought they were the worst group of five team of, of late of really the past decade that, that really made one of the runs, you know, that was undefeated. Um, and mainly because I thought the offense was flawed all year. And I thought that was going to be a problem against Alabama who hasn't even had the, the one of their better defense. I mean, their defense is good, but at the same time, like I thought that was a huge issue. Now I still thought they might be able to cover that big number that didn't happen, but I I still think they play that a couple of times. I think they might cover it because they, they had some some miscues. They they drop a a a fumble uh, on a punt return that they had a nice shot at getting. They drop a touchdown. Uh, Ritter gets ten balls knocked down, and I think at the end of the, <laughs> the day, Ritter was the the glaring weakness. Now, yes, Alabama's O line was doing whatever what they want, and I'm surprised that Cincinnati didn't make more adjustments. But um, I think the real I think if you replace Desmond Ritter with the likes of uh, I don't know Dylan Gabriel or Dorian Thompson Robinson or I don't know he, someone that's decent Hank Bachmeyer I, <laughs> I think I think I think Cincinnati scores more touchdowns more points. your take guys on that game and your take on my statements
1: um well I think you know overall Cincinnati's approach I I didn't think it was terrible I think yet yeah, they needed to play. You know, when you're playing Alabama and you have that much of a talent deficit, you can't just sit there and say, Hey, we're going to give you the run and slow the game down and and let you run the clock on us. And you're going to get your points, but you're not going to get that many. Uh, Cause you basically can't trade possessions with Alabama. And that's what they kind of tried to do there. Um, And it kind of worked in keeping the game low scoring. And if their offense could have generated any points, then maybe who knows they would have been in it. And after that first drive, I was like, Holy crap maybe Cincinnati's got a great game plan here but like you said Ritter was such a disappointment you know even on that- the,
0: even on the non critical thr- like he was late his delivery was late like i feel like even on i feel like almost on every throw i saw i was like man this guy is he's telegraphing his passes i mean like it was just obvious to me where he was going and then like i said late there was like a third a big third and 3 Um, right before the half, where they had to punt, and he they throw the ball too late, and it the guy was open. If he hits him like a second or two earlier, it's not only a first down; he's probably going to get ten or fifteen yards. Um,
1: Yeah, little things like leading your receiver. Like I mean, he's shorting the receiver. They're having to stop and catch the ball short of the sticks. Saw that a bunch. Whereas in contrast, obviously to uh, Bama, you know. God, why am I trying to play on their quarterback right Bryce now? Bryce Young. Yeah. Young, he He's making all these ad lib plays. You know, he's under pressure. He pitches it out, out to uh Robinson and he picks up 20 yards on it. it, it that was a very uh, obvious difference in quarterback play right there.
0: Well, that's the thing is Bama over the years, they've had weakness playing mobile quarterback. Ritter didn't even run much. He didn't even pose the dual threat. Um, I was disappointed by the, I mean, look, I, I, I thought they would even try to get more creative offensively having a month to prep. Um, so I was disappointed there, but overall I kind of thought the game would play like that because I didn't think, I mean, Sean and Ryan were making fun of me back in uh, November saying like, I'm like, no, I, I, I they should have lost. If Davis brand wasn't a pussy, they would have lost to Tulsa. never been in it. Now. I just think they were an incredibly flawed team from an offensive standpoint in, in probably one of the worst offenses I thought in the college football playoff era, Michigan State would probably be the the only other one that I think would 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 be probably below them. But Nick, what would you take on the game?
2: Well, it was a tough game to have the points because I mean, for a good portion, they were still covering, and the cover was always in play, but you never felt good about it. It was like a slow torture, you know. Uh, <laughs> overall, I mean, yeah, Ritter did not have a great game. Uh, I thought the line play on both sides was the real difference maker though, especially, you know, from like quarter two throughout the rest of the game into the second half, the Alabama D line was just you know, putting way too much pressure on Ritter uh, offensively, obviously Alabama, they ran for over 300 yards. I didn't think they would be able to have that much success passing the ball, especially with Mechie out. They didn't need to because they could just run and pick up seven, eight yards per carry. So really, the game came down to the battle in the trenches, and the Power Five SEC offensive and defensive line stood were head and shoulders better than anything that the American, you know, champion Cincinnati Bearcats could could uh, put up.
0: I agree, but you're still running a three-three stack, and I thought that they didn't make many adjustments there. But I still think Desmond Ritter was to me one of the biggest storylines of like if you can't move the ball and put strike, any fear into Alabama's defense, even though yes, they, they did get some, especially I feel like as the game went on to your point, they were able to get more and more uh, pressure on him. But at the same time, I still feel like there was plays. There was like players, they were open players at times. And I felt like it was all on the quarterback. There was decisions I thought where he could have ran. He didn't run, you know, like
2: that was, that was confusing for me as why he didn't try to run more. Uh, finally, in the second half, he pulled the ball down a couple times, but yeah, for some reason he just wanted to, to sit in the pocket and, and get his, his, his passes batted down. Uh, he should have got out of the pocket, should have done some bootlegs, some rollouts. He should have took off more. He should have been the dual third option that he's been in the past. I don't know if it what, that, if that wasn't a game plan. If Bama somehow neutralized that, but he didn't seem to take a, uh, you know advantage of his legs whatsoever.
0: If anything, I think Cincinnati did a great job in the first half against Will Anderson. He didn't do that much in the first half. Yeah. second half. But he,
2: don't forget, Alec Pierce had a, a touchdown go through his hands on the first drive.
0: Well, the fr- the play uh, before that though was a bad the, the guy yeah, is wide open, ball. wide open. Right. Uh, but
2: but Pierce couldn't get. Uh, he was open on those two plays. I don't think he was open the rest of the game. So he he definitely got beat. By the Bama secondary, so I don't put it all on Ritter, but obviously he did not have a good game. And if Cincinnati was going to hang with Bama or possibly beat Bama, Ritter had to have the best game of his career. He had to basically do what sets and Bennett did.
1: Um, I mean, I'll say this too. I mean, we, we we're giving the the Cincinnati a hard time in, uh, about what they did in the trenches. I actually think they did adjust a little bit in the second half. They gave up. 17 points in the first half, only 10 in the second half. Um, and they were clearly, you know, basically going too high safeties and only putting seven in the box for the first half. And Alabama ran roughshod over them. They kind of adjusted and put their cornerbacks a little more on an island, especially when Jameson Williams went down for a drive or two. Um, and Alabama really didn't move the ball much as much on them in the second half. But on the other side, you're right. Bama's defense just completely dominated the Cincy offense in all all facets of the game, all game long. So
2: well and, and to your point, I mean Cincinnati limited Bama to twenty seven points, which was the the third lowest amount Bama scored all year. So obviously they did something right. I mean you know, they
0: picked the, off Bryce Young and in uh, you know, and I, I thought we're gonna be able to get some points from it. I don't think they got points from it, or if they did it was three.
2: But uh, that was the strategy. The strategy was to limit the big plays and 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 give up more more rushing yards. You have forced Bama to go on on longer drives, kill more clock, keep the game closer. They were able to do that. Unfortunately, they just couldn't do anything offensively.
0: Yeah, and I know, a, but, but that's my a point. A little
2: bit on the offense, and it's a different game.
0: I, that, that's why yeah. I, when I look at it. You know, I get I get it. Cincinnati's defense was probably better than maybe uh, UCFs or Boise's, but like those teams that, that were a group of five teams I thought had, had difference makers offensively that would really put pressure on, you know, uh, college football playoff defenses and Cincinnati didn't have that in my opinion, all year, all year, they did hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Especially
2: they, they relied on, on the run game all year long. And you had to figure that Dama was going to neutralize that running game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, let's let me before I, I I mean I I guess I should hit on this right now. Sauce Gardner's going pro. I found this stat to be unbelievable. He never gave up a TD in three years. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. That's pretty impressive. That's incredible. Uh, I got more news uh, to get to here in a second, but uh, first I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by Win Ready to win money and boost your odds? Win Bet's now live in Arizona, Colorado. Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and more. And WinBet has some awesome brand new bonuses. You can bet $5 and win $400 in free bets. That is amazing. Um, you can win a free trip to Shaq's fun house in LA, right? Uh, I mean, why go to Chuck E cheese when you go to Shaq's fun house? All right, <laughs> bet $20 on WinBet's bets, uh, build your own bet feature and earn a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a five, $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas. Uh, sports book and then a $5,000 credit for traveling. Um, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? We'll sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com to start winning today. All right. I mean, uh, look. Th- there's talk that Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. I mean, I feel like every off season I hear this. Jim Harbaugh might go to the the NFL. Maybe the Raiders. Maybe the Bears. Are you guys buying that after he just got Michigan finally over the hump, Nick?
2: Well, you know, I mean, as he just learned, it's it's tough to beat SEC teams. Uh, for example, Brian Kelly took the "if you can't beat them, join them" approach, leaving Notre Dame and going to LSU. So maybe Harbaugh just might the if you, you know, take the if you can't beat them, jump to the NFL approach. What do you mean? Though uh, you got
0: the NIL pending. Michigan's about to be powerful, more powerful than they've been. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it has to do well,
2: with. I don't know if that's going to necessarily you know shift the balance of power. I think. Those SEC schools are going to be—they have money, also, you know.
0: I but Michigan's Um, got—I mean, Michigan. I mean, look—a perfect example, and I guess I'll lead into one of these stories. But I want to talk about both of these. Is uh, Texas A&M's on the verge of having the best recruiting class ever? And there's reportedly, uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, a booster reportedly spent thirty million dollars (laughs) on on on. So, dude, we know Texas A&M makes almost as much money as anyone in the nation, if not the most. Right, yeah. I think Texas, Texas A and M, do battle, but Michigan's right there. Yeah, Michigan. So I think Michigan in the NIL era is mm. is one that could really jump up.
2: Potentially, sure. I mean, I guess you don't really have to recruit anymore. I guess you just have to throw dollars and that you know to the highest bidder. I, I mean, I don't think that's gonna be the case all the time. I think sometimes you know players might take a little bit less if they feel the fit is right, they feels a better you know path to the NFL, but you better be, be talking with some cash, you know, in order to even get that sit down with the player. Uh, so I mean, yeah, Michigan does have deep pockets. Sure. Uh, but I, all those SEC schools do as well. So I, I don't know if I see a, a, a total, you know, like I said, a shift of power, but uh, well, Hey, he well, was pretty do good in A-N- the NFL.
0: Do you think A M will have a shift of power? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, they're in the SEC. They are—they're pretty much a heavyweight right now, as far as the last few years, as far as recruiting and everything. Granted, they haven't made the playoffs yet, you know, but sure, they're gonna be right up there. But I I think they were the last few years anyway, because they were basically probably paying players illegally.
0: Well, no, but they're they're eight and four. (laughs) They're eight and four every year. You got the COVID year where they had like kind of a—I guess a one of their better years. But if you take away that that wacky COVID year, they're eight and four like every year. <laughs> right. Well you know just sorry, go ahead, Patty.
1: Oh, I was just gonna uh say real quick, I'm looking at the uh composite uh talent ranking or four-year recruiting rankings. A M is sitting at eight right now. So like Nick said, doing pretty well, but obviously jumping up to number one this past year is a pretty big jump for them. Now, coincidentally, they, their athletic department produces the number two, most amount of money of any athletic department. Meanwhile, Michigan is down at 15, but they have the number four wealthiest athletic department. So now they're number nine this year, Michigan recruiting. Um, So uh, an improvement over where they've been for the past four years. So maybe that trend continues for Michigan too,
2: but is it a good idea to give an 18 year old 250 K. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, Hey, this is America more power to them. You know, if you're worth that money, go ahead and get it. I got no problem with that. I'm
1: just saying that, you know, it's going to recipe for disaster in some cases. Well, uh, well, some of them already been doing great things with the money, but you know, some are just going to do some stupid sure, crap with it. Sure. Sure. But no, but getting back to hardball, look, I, I, I went back and looked at his
2: uh, years with the 49ers. Uh pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> He's a great uh, football went, coach. He gets a bad rap. Dude,
2: his yeah. his four seasons were thirteen and three, eleven, four, and one, twelve and four, and then eight and eight. And yeah. he made the NFC championships uh, three three of those four years, NFC Championship, one time Super Bowl. Yeah. And you know, granted, Oakland's not in California, the Bay Area anymore, which is you know where Harbaugh was from and everything. Uh, well, no, that's where he coached at Stanford. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, they are they were at least. And uh, it, it, it could
0: be a nice fit.
2: His first, is the silver black.
0: His first coaching gig was for the Raiders. So uh, I know it could him. be a nice fit. Yeah. I know he's an Al Davis guy and he, and the, obviously the bears, he's a dead kid guy. Uh, Patty C you think uh, Harbaugh will be at Michigan next year?
1: I mean, that would be, st- it would make sense for him to leave. He accomplished some of what he wanted to accomplish. He finally got Michigan on top of Ohio state again, although doing it one time in seven years is not, Kind of what Michigan fans had in mind, I don't think. But still, he <laughs> got it there eventually, um, and he is a great NFL coach, and he might be built for better success in the NFL than he is in college football, quite frankly. But that said, I still think he could be a national championship coach, especially if he can get his recruiting going in the right direction. And so I, I would be very sad about it, but I think it, it's not a terrible move career-wise for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I want him to stay though. He's Michigan. That's the identity. I want him to stay there for 20, 30 years, something like that. Um Agreed. I just think it's it's better for the sport. Uh Virginia Tech hired Wisconsin offensive line coach Joe Rudolph. That was pretty big. It's pretty big splash there. The Hokies going for uh, you know, a, a a guy that uh I mean, I guess Wisconsin's offensive lines are always great, but I feel like maybe so, maybe they've been a little worse lately, but I feel like normally they're they're really good.
2: So for the same position. Yeah. That's, that's interesting that Virginia tech will be able to lure him away. Yeah. yeah but you think Wisconsin would have, I mean, big 10, do you think they would have, they could offer just as much money, if not more. So that's, that's kind of surprising.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was pretty shocked at that. Uh, I mean, what are you
2: rolling a joint there, Patty?
0: I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> little, a little uh, medication here <laughs>
1: we got, ran into some troubles. You're unwrapping a cough. Okay. <laughs> for a second, there, like <laughs> you rolling get your mind out of the gutter there, Nick. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what, yeah, what? it is surprising. Some of the coaching moves, you know, they don't all make sense. Didn't you say uh, uh, Purdue just lost their defensive coordinator to, to wake forest.
0: Yeah. That, that was surprising as well. Here, here's why I think that makes sense. Brad Lambert, who by the way, last season, not this season for college football, Marshall had the number one defense. Brad Lambert was the DC there. Um, I believe he's a Bill Snyder guy, um, and he Marshall fired Doc Holiday, so Lambert needed to find a new gig. So he goes to Purdue, and and th- I mean, let me tell you, Purdue's defense from last year to this year, a gigantic difference, a gigantic difference. The guy can coach because. We saw how bad Purdue's defense was the past couple of years. He comes in and I think they were a top 45 or top 50 defense and they had players they were attacking the quarterback. It was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Uh, well, <laughs> he's leaving to to go to Wake Forest and you know, he coached at Wake a while, I think in the late 90s and early 2000s. So, I think at his age maybe uh, maybe that's his play is to go back to a place uh, that, in a way, go back home.
2: Dude, if Wake can get like a an average defense, to go along with that offense. I mean, they could be really good. They're pretty damn good right now. Yeah, they return
0: everybody. In. They return. I it, was I was hearing this at that is I, Hartman coming back. Yeah. Uh, oh I, wow. Well, uh, Hartman's got two years of eligibility left. Jesus. I feel like he's been there forever. I know, but but this is what's wild is that uh, it, I, I've I, it's going to be interesting to see because you know the preseason polls always like to shit on uh, you know they they'll pump up Miami or Texas or USC or something. And they'll shit on Wake Forest, but they are bringing—they're—they're they're a team that's going to yeah. finish in the top ten, and Dude, they're bringing I, I everybody when, back. Yeah,
2: I remember when Hartman lost the job to Jamie Newman, who transferred to Georgia, sat out, went to the Eagles, got cut. Yeah,
0: yeah. and now and Hartman's still in college with two more years left <laughs> because because he was able to he started three games that yeah. season with Newman. They benched him, so he red—they redshirted him that year. Ah, uh, look so, that. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean. Interesting stuff there. Uh, also, DJ Durkin was hired at Texas A&M because Elko took the Duke job. That uh, that's a good hire, I think. Ole Miss, Ole Miss taking some hits with uh, getting their ass whooped by Baylor. Patty C's flag plant looking mighty good. We're we're kind of looking like <laughs> morons, me, uh, me and Nick, but more so Nick because uh, Big Twelve. He was a Big Twelve <laughs> hater.
2: I picked Baylor to, to beat Ole Miss. Right? Yeah. Call that last week. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But now, all granted, year it's helpful that McRae got hurt.
0: All year you were
2: <laughs> shitting on them, dude. Baylor's AD needs a raise. I mean, the dude the, Baylor is a private religious university. I mean, they're basically like Wake Forest or something, and they have a, a number one or top five basketball team. The football team overachieves every year, regardless of who the head coach is. They make great hires. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. Yeah, you tip your cap well, to
2: the I mean, Taylor the,
1: uh, program. There's the co- there's the program that we should be pointing at that's been dropping bags of cash. Because what they where they came from and where they've been able to sustain despite all the turnover that they've had, there has to be a, a factor that we're not seeing. And uh, you I don't know, a great they like bring in top recruits though. So I don't know. I mean, what's their recruiting rankings? I don't think it's
2: anything great. So Yeah. They 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 A bunch of three stars,
1: (laughs) touche. I'm gonna pull that up in just a second,
0: but Uh, granted, uh, their
2: uh, their location in Texas is you know that's beneficial.
1: Yeah, yeah. Number number forty one in the composite, so
0: top Bears forty way outperforming their uh, their talent ranking. Aranda's a great coach. That's what it is, man. Um, It's gonna be interesting to watch them as they go. So, um. Yeah, uh, that, I don't know. Uh, Transfer portal though has been. Well, hold on, dude. What,
2: there's one more hire. I ju- I just saw it. Breaking news: Duke's offensive coordinator is the guy, the OC from Memphis.
0: Oh, oh, and that. So, uh, okay, so Duke goes out and gets. So Memphis loses their D coordinator, uh, Mike McIntyre, to Florida International. And now Duke hires uh the Memphis' offensive coordinator. So I, think it's, I, I I saw
2: it on the tanker, It's gone now. I think it's like Jason Lands or I, I'm Jason, not positive. Uh
0: I wanna say it was Kevin Johns. Kevin That's what Johns, it was.
2: yeah. I was layoff. Um uh, so I think it's a pretty good hire. That I was wondering what they're gonna do on uh, on offense. And uh, I mean, Memphis has had some really good offenses the last few years. I don't know a, a whole lot about the guy, but on the surface, it seems like a pretty good hire.
0: Should've went with Paul Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Hold on. But transfer portal got crazy too guys. Um, well, first off, actually another hire on the FCS ranks, Prairie view named their head coach. For, he was an interim head coach for them a couple times. I believe Bubba McDowell, the former Miami hurricane safety and Houston oiler safety. He is the new head coach of Prairie view. So another NFL guy, a head coach, uh, in the swack. You got nice. Some, some nice defensive backs there between Dion and Bubba McDowell. But uh, okay. Now we head over to the transfer portal. Dylan Gabriel was scheduled to take classes in Westwood on uh, on Monday, I believe it was. And he was a no show for the classes because he flipped from UCLA. To Oklahoma because Caleb Williams is transferring from Oklahoma, five star that had the high one of the highest, uh, Q, uh, I think what uh, Q, QBRs maybe uh, in all of college football last year, and uh, also five star wide receiver Mario Williams is leaving Oklahoma. Man, both those teams or both those guys leaving Oklahoma. UCLA might be kind of fucked by this because they stopped pursuing Adrian Martinez because Dylan Gabriel committed. However, there's a chance Dorian Thompson Robinson might come back for his his COVID year. You know, like the 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 extra year of eligibility. I don't know what to make of those things. But there's also Grant Wells, Marshall's quarterback, hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh,
2: he, he I, I thought he's going to uh, Virginia Tech.
0: I don't think it's a done deal yet. I think that's oh, what they're really? forecasting. Gotcha. Um. Uh. Sadly, my Colorado Buffaloes. Brandon rice is uh, transferring as well as uh, Levante Chenault, and their whole secondary, the whole, the, basically the whole Colorado team ent- entered, the mm-hmm. transfer portal. Um, that's concerning for Carl Durrell, Sean Robinson, former Missouri and TCU quarterback hits the portal. Uh, Auburn's leading receiver, Kobe Hudson hits the portal. John rice, Plumley, Patty C's boy hits the, the portal. Um, any of these stand out? To you, I mean, obviously, I think the Caleb Williams one and the Dylan Gabriel are the big ones, but I think the Grant Wells Marshall one's kind of big too.
2: And I think it's a big get for for uh, Virginia Tech if that comes to fruition. Uh, they need uh, a quarterback. You know, a uh, Burmeister's gone, as well as a second string guy. So I think that's a perfect fit for them. He's, uh, I think, only a sophomore with the COVID year. He might only be like a redshirt freshman or whatever. So he's got you know a couple years ahead of him. He stepped in as a true freshman for Marshall. Looked, you know, looked the part. So I think that's a that that would be a very
1: nice get for uh, Votech.
0: Yeah, yeah. Patty, see, where's the Rice plumbing going? Jacksonville State or what?
1: Uh, I don't know. I was thinking maybe uh, Nebraska, but um, I think uh, I, I, I think um, Whipple's probably not gonna want a, a pure athlete there. I think he likes to throw the ball around a little more. So I think going back to Rich Rod would be a great move for John Rice Plumley there we go. There we go. I don't know what their baseball programs like, but it looks like that's probably what he'll be going pro in. So maybe he should be focused on that, but
0: yeah. A couple other ones, UT Martin landed former Georgia state quarterback, Cornelius Brown, Uh, Jacob cowing, the wide receiver from UTEP goes to Arizona and Ohio state lands, Oklahoma state safety, Tanner McAllister, Um, Ohio state needs that because they, they uh, Utah was not an offensive juggernaut and uh, they certainly looked like it the other day. Um, TV ratings wise, This year's college football playoff didn't do as well as last year's, but probably a lot of that is because New Year's, or people are just sick of Bama and Georgia.
2: You you figure it out, Um, Colby. What's your uh, rating on on a scale of one to ten? How excited you are for the rematch?
0: (laughs) Five. (laughs) I'll I'll say this: I'm more excited to watch Montana State, North Dakota State. Even though the irony, though, is North Dakota State goes to almost all of them. They're the Alabama of yeah, the FCS. Yeah, uh, even though I was, I was making this argument,
1: they're worse than the Alabama of the FCS because uh, Alabama has a ceiling in terms of the amount of talent they can get, and the other teams, you know, are gonna get the next level of talent. You know, whereas uh, New, uh, North Dakota State is playing like three levels above the rest of the talent in the FCS. They they yes, produce two starters. Jump up quarterback. to FBS already. Come on,
0: they exactly. want to, from what exactly. I understand, but they want to. They they don't want to go independent. Apparently, the, yeah. the the reasons is that it's so expensive to be independent, um, mm. as opposed to uh, to joining a conference. So the Mountain West needs to step up or the MAC and says, "Hey, come here." Um, but no, I think that just the fact that they went through a whole playoff, they went through a whole playoff. Montana state story is amazing. So I would much rather watch this. And also the, 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 they're similar in a way, Montana state's head coach used to be at North Dakota state. He played at North Dakota state where Kirby smart used to be at Alabama. So you have that going, but I just, it's also outdoors. Interesting. (laughs) That that matters (laughs) to me that like I get bored by dome football. I watched that Cincinnati, Alabama game. And as much as I'm like, Hey, this is awesome. We're going to see a group of five here. I hate watching football on a dome. It's just not as good. All right, and I know people are probably sick of me talking about it, but uh, have you watched it in person in the dome before? I have. It's horrible. What game? I went to UCF, LSU. I went to. I've been to two. What was the second one? UCF, LSU in, in Arizona was one. Okay. Um, was it? Was and that retractable roof was all the way closed. Yeah, it was all the way closed. It was terrible. It was
2: absolutely yeah. terrible. I went to a, a a Detroit Lions game one time. It is different. It's just it's it's almost like a different sport. It's it's kind of hard to even explain. It's just
0: I feel like you're just at a shopping feels,
2: mall. It feels different. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know about a shopping mall, but it just feels different.
0: Well, it, it, uh, to 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 play it back the other way, it always feels different when you watch the Detroit Lions. <laughs> True, <laughs>
2: dude. Opening kickoff. I, I'm with a bunch. Of my in-laws, a bunch of big Lions fans. Opening kickoff. Uh, Percy Harvin for. Uh, the Vikings goes like 101 yards kick return. I'm like, well, this game sucks. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure enough. They blew him out. But anyway, uh, where were we?
0: Yeah. Um, no, but uh, ratings were down. Yeah. I'm not that excited. And, and, but I, they, 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 this is what, what bothers me is they, uh, they, they hit up uh, Nick Saban on this question. Now, Obviously I'm not going to blame Saban because he's Nick Saban and, and he understands, I think what is best for him. but uh, the, the fact that, uh, you know, they asked him, he's like, no, why would we need to explain there? You're getting blowouts. And I'm like, that's exactly why you need to explain. Expand is because, and I pulled this up. I looked at California's top 25 recruits from 2020, 23 went to a different state, right? 23, two of the 25 went to California schools. Now that's just Mm -hmm. one example, but that's, why I think it's a problem. I mean, these teams, yes. I'm, I found, I don't blame Sabin for answering that way because if I were him, I would answer that way. If you want to maintain the, you know, the money and the, the, the program that you have, um, but with expanding a large playoff, it just makes so much more sense that there's a chance. I mean, out here, I, I remember this from when I was bartending, like talking to people, they were saying, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, UCLA doesn't really have a chance. Right. I, I remember hearing that and being like, Okay, and they're like, yeah, they they believe it's a there's a West Coast bias here. And even though maybe it's not because clearly I mean, the Pac-12 struggled in the bowl season, but I'm just saying that they uh they they're not in tune. They're not in tune to the playoff. And maybe that's cuz I live in LA, I don't know, but I'm saying they are selling themselves short with this, but I do think recruiting will will change if if uh, they expand I over time, not out the gate, over time it'll change a little bit to help strengthen the sport. What what's your yeah, take we're, on that?
1: We're looking at the game like it, uh, after years of like this system being in place, and really the. Pac-12 shooting themselves in the foot, like not taking advantage of, you know, the system in place and the sec doing a great job of taking the uh, advantage of the system in place. And now all the talent is leaving the West coast and going to the Southeast. And so that, that makes it twice as bad. But like you said, it will take time for the, the recruiting to correct itself. But then we're going to see the sport the way it was like when USC was able to not only hold their own players, but go out nationally and pull players like uh, was the linebacker they got from Jersey Cushing. He was like a five-star out of like New Jersey when USC was able to do that. Lo and behold, they were able to dominate the sport. And so that needs to happen. And the only way that's going to happen is if either a, the pac 12 wises up, stops playing nine conference games, et cetera, right. et cetera, or they expand the playoff and these teams feel like they have a chance, even well, if but they it's, lose it's a not game only the game or the
0: pac 12, I'm saying like it's wherever, you know, uh, wherever, if you can keep your in-house guys there if you can build some football history, you know what I mean? Like, I honestly feel like there's a lot of States that feel like, Hey, let me go. I don't, we don't have a shot here. So let's go there. You know what I mean? Like, so if you have a larger playoff that, that fans can get excited for over time and say, of course, yeah,
2: the best high school players in America, they want to play in the playoffs. They want to play in the national championship and who do they see every year? they see Alabama and Clemson and maybe Georgia or maybe Ohio state, you know, but they definitely see Alabama every year. Yeah. So obviously they're going to want, they're going to be attracted by that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me get, before we get to the games, I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by props America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The NFL playoffs and college football championships are are right around the corner and props has the best odds on all football futures. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Well submit a bid for a price that you think is fair. Then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other betters. Just like yourself, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and props will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds sellers across the country list, their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit props every day to find the best odds on futures, props and parlays. This week, Derek from Colorado purchased a Georgia College Football champion uh, Championship ticket on PropSwap at uh, odds of minus 120, a huge discount compared to the sportsbooks who currently have the Bulldogs at minus 150. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Get started today by going to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free to play app uh, today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their, their player prop pools and score big. When you win, we love better fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use uh, and use them uh, to place your bets. Essentially. Better Fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 states. Download the app today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's better. B-E-T-T-O-R-Fantasy.com slash S G P N. We're also brought to you by Sobet. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches, tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Sobet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. Sobet is changing the game with their product. Head over to Sobet.io and create an account to see for yourself. They have a fully functioning and free web application. You can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. That app includes a consensus or consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, Turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN to join the revolution. We're also brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right. I wanted to touch on this before we get to these games. First off, rest in peace to uh, former Syracuse head coach Greg Robinson, who passed away today, uh, and also Dan Reeves, the longtime, well, former South Carolina Gamecock running back, and also played with the Dallas Cowboys, also coached with the Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons, uh, and New York Giants. Rest in peace to those guys. But, um, uh, Legendary football guys. I love that. You know,
2: big time. We grew big up. Time. We
0: grew up hating the Cowboys, but hey, Dan Reeves is okay by me. All right, he's okay uh, by me.
2: Dan Reeves might have played there, but when we knew Dan Reeves from the Broncos as the head coach, being Redskins fans, eighty-seven Super Bowl against the Broncos, uh, ninety Super Bowl against the do Bron- uh, no. ninety-one.
0: No, against the Bills though.
2: Oh yeah, so they only played the the Broncos <laughs> once in Super Bowl. Anyway, he how many whiskeys you had over there? Yeah, that's like that's like 25 years ago, yeah.
0: 35 years ago. I get, I get your point though. The, the Broncos were in a lot of Super Bowls in the 80s. With yeah, Reeves. exactly. They, they, they lost to the
1: Giants. They lost to the 49ers. Redskins.
0: Yeah, they 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 got blown out of most of them. But, but give them
1: credit to get there.
0: And he's the only coach not in the Hall of Fame that's been to four Super Bowls. Yeah, get wow. him in the Hall. Get him in the Hall. Rest well, Coach Reeves. Um Okay. Let me switch over again. I wanted to ask you guys on the USFL. They, they, they have this thing uh, as partner, uh, the new USLA new, or, I'm sorry. I can't even talk. The new USFL, a new pro football league launching this April is partnering with strategic education. You guys heard about that? Owners of Strayer and Capella university to offer its, its players a tuition-free debt-free college degree program. What do you think? So you get that. With some with some pro money, and they're going after the college players.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, the Strayer the degree from Strayer University isn't probably what (laughs) most of these players are really going to play for the USFL for. Patrick Peterson
0: uh, wanted to go to Strayer, they just didn't have a football team. What's (laughs) that value, like five K a year? (laughs) It doesn't matter. USFL is going to be amazing, and we will have a USFL podcast coming for you. Can't wait for spring football. Um, okay. Let's get to these games. Let's get to them. Um, hey,
1: I, I wanted to throw one more little stat in here. Uh, the, the um, college football playoff, 10 out of the 31 births have been uh, for the sec so far out of the, in the eight years of the college football playoff or uh, 10 out of the 32 rather, um, I was, which is good for 31%, right? The pac 12 in the meantime has had two births Which is good for six percent, six percent versus thirty-one percent. That is not what the college football playoff was supposed to look like. You have to expand it. You have to because obviously the West—they haven't been uh, the Pac-12 hasn't been in the playoff for the last five uh, college football playoff cycles. Yeah, that's going to destroy any conference. You know,
0: I'm telling you, I I I was like I was bartending out here in in those five years and. I remember asking, you know, talking with the customer, saying, "Oh, I love college football," and they're like, "Yeah, it's a shit." You know, they like they feel, they feel like they're not part of the party, and it's not because performance. They feel there's a West Coast bias. Well, according to those stats, they're not part of the party for (laughs) the majority of the time. Yeah. Yep. So, um, they so they don't really get excited about it, which I think over a long period of time can really damage the sport. But, um. Let's let's talk Frisco, Texas, the greatest city in the world. We, we were talking about this. Uh, they just play football every day there. All right. I just I picture just you know you go to church and you're looking at George Hallis. You know what I mean? Like there's
2: <laughs> every parcel of grass in the city. There's like kids playing. Yeah, that's
0: all I picture, man. That's all I picture. Right? Like it, it, you sit down at a random table and they're randomly talking about you know the counter tray. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Uh well heaven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You go from table to table at a bar, you go from the counter trade to the triple option to uh, you know, I don't know, Art Shell. I don't know. <laughs> um Montana State, the Bobcats taking on North Dakota State. Montana State's catching seven and a half. They're a bit of a Cinderella story, and they've had a crazy postseason run because their starting quarterback, Matthew McKay, transfers, announces he's transferring while he's still on the roster. And, and coach says, okay, we're going to go with Tommy Malott. All right. Who? Tommy Malott. All right. They, look, one of those tables in Frisco, Texas for the rest of eternity is going to be talking about Tommy Malott because this <laughs> kid has been, has been a stud on the uh, winning a bunch of these games on the road, beat the defending champ, Sam Houston State on the road, took down South Dakota state who went to the, uh, the FCS championship a season ago. So they beat both teams that went to the FCS championship last year. Uh, and they, they Tommy malott has been the guy. 26 of 54 461 yards in both those games. Just a 52% completion percentage, 9.2 yards of completion though. Four touchdowns, no picks, hasn't turned the ball over, and the real stat is 705 yards on the ground. 705 yards on the ground. Get, let the guy run around and make some plays. The guy's an animal. But can Tommy Vick? Yeah. <laughs> can he do it? Uh, in Frisco against the bison who have a, a stout defense. As we saw Cole Johnson stat lines, a JMU quarterback that had like 38 touchdowns and left like, and like two interceptions. He struggled against uh, the bison defense, but that was in the Fargo dome. This one's outdoors where football's supposed to be played. What's going to happen here, guys, seven and a half points. I think it's too much. I really think it's too much because uh, I think they're, they're, sometimes you can spot a team of destiny. All right, and I feel like the Montana State Bobcats, who haven't won, I think, a title since like the early '80s. I think uh, they 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 sense what's going on here. They they there's some there's a there's a to quote Marty uh, Schottenheim, there's a gleam about them, and their head coach Brent uh, Vigen or Vig, I always forget how the fuck that's pronounced. But he uh, he played <laughs> at he played at North Dakota State at tight end from '93 to '97. He was a GA there. He coached all the way up to 2013 and he left with Craig bull to Wyoming. And then he went from Wyoming to Montana state. But this guy, if anyone knows how to beat them, it might be a bison to do it. Uh, it might take a bison to do it. So seven and a half points, Nick, what are you doing? Well, North Dakota's date. They've,
2: you know, you know, while Montana state's had some road victories here, North Dakota state hasn't left the Fargo dome in over a month. So it's good that they don't have home field advantage here. That might help in the uh, effort for the underdog here, but North Dakota state, you really got to look at the defense, man. They are absolutely crushing it. They've only given up a combined 24 playoff. uh, I'm sorry, 24 points in three playoff games. They beat Southern Illinois 38 to seven. They beat uh, East Tennessee state 27 to three and then JMU 20 to 14. I mean, the yards, they're, they're giving up no yardage. Basically GMU had what? 305 yards, but the other two teams are below 300 and they're plus 27 minutes in time of possession over those games. So the really how you beat the Bison is you force them to pass the ball. They're only averaging 125 passing yards per game in the playoffs, but I think that's easier said than done looking at the line here at seven and a half. They're trying to get people to bet to to put money on Montana State here. I hate to do it. I kn- I knew Colby would go dog. <laughs> I gotta go chalk here, man. Is that I, because know,
0: is that because Hunter Lepke Have you had a chance to watch this guy? He's Larry Zonka 2.0. All right, this guy this guy is a complete animal. Uh, Patty C knows all about Hunter Lepke because he yeah. took a big doo doo on, on JMU. <laughs> Pat-
2: yeah, dude. I I you know what, have fun with the underdog here. I think the 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 better this is this is basically Alabama for Cincinnati.
0: Oh wow, no, it is not. Wow <laughs> basically
2: I'm going with the chalk. I'm going with the offensive and defensive line. I'm going with North Dakota State.
0: Wow. Patty C, <laughs> what are you doing here?
1: Well, uh, I will say that you know, uh, I, I'm I'm looking at it now. Lepke for as much as he dominated us, isn't even uh, the 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 leading rusher by by a stretch for North Dakota State. In fact, uh, uh, Tamarick Williams, the SMU transfer, yeah, I'm guessing if, if I'm looking at this correct, is the leading rusher. So there's talent, you know. They of course and. Cam Miller, I think, is a a threat with his legs. so they might not be able to throw the ball downfield. But they're, they can still move the ball. Obviously, they
0: they do the two quarterback system. They'll bring in Quincy Patterson. They'll do Cam Miller. Um, I've always which doesn't work for them. (laughs) I thought that will bite them at some point. But Nick's got this stat on his side. First off, Montana State's one in three all time against North Dakota State, and they met in 2019. They lost 42 to 14. They met in 2018. They lost 52 to 10 but those were in the Fargo dome. Those were Big in difference. the Fargo dome.
2: Big difference.
0: The only time they've played them outside back on uh, what is that? September 24, 2005, Montana state did beat them 20 to 17 and the Bobcats are going to do it. That one was in Bozeman. This is in Frisco. Patty. See who you taking?
1: Uh, well, look, you have to take, you uh- North Dakota state to, to win in Frisco. They no, haven't lost seven there and, yet. and a
0: half points though. Are you taking but the, the, the points?
1: I, I think I am going to take Montana state because they have had such a dominant defense all year to keep that game close and North Dakota state for, you know, as much as they're able to, you know, win games convincingly, they don't necessarily annihilate teams offensively. And so Um, I think that that bodes for a close game, a physical game. And I think Montana state has a real chance here. I wouldn't even be surprised if they took it on the money line. But I just can't bet against North Dakota state straight up. But that said Montana state on the points,
2: one last thing here, the weather uh, 50% chance of precipitation. There should be scattered showers all throughout. That's good for North Dakota state. That's football weather, though. That'll help limit the passing attack for Montana State. That comes right into my hands. I totally agree. Outdoors, football weather played in the rain.
0: FCS has a better. It's a better system. That like, think about it. You're getting the this repeat of teams that have been a four team invitational, and now you're getting in a dome in Indianapolis at some roller rink, and this. You got outside in Texas, Frisco, Texas, the mecca of football, apparently. Um, and and yeah, this is this is great. Uh, i love. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Let's go! Can't wait. Do we need to take a, 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 a annual pilgrimage to Frisco? I think so. We should, we should do one that episode a year in Frisco.
1: <laughs> um, uh, oh. uh, hold on, Patty. sees has got one more thing to say here. What you got, man? Oh, what was I going to say? Um. Now I freaking drew a blank. I have no idea. Go ahead, Cole. Well, the over under is
0: at 41 and a half. That even that is, is just so much more beautiful to me than 51 and a half in the other game. But um what are we doing here over under? Nick, you gonna take the under in the rain?
2: Yeah, I think so. I this is gonna be like uh a 24 10 or something.
0: And I'm curious, because Nick, Nick, you say that favors the rain favors North Dakota State, but Montana state plays in weather all the time. They just played in snow. The last game they stepped on the field.
2: Yeah. But so the most prolific passing attack is Montana state. Yeah. So, you know, I would think the rain would have a neutralizing effect on the passing game, not the running game. If you look at who, who, who is the, who is the better offensive and defensive line play North Dakota state hands down. Best in FCS. Yeah. Come on, man. Get those big guys pushing people around in the rain. Get that running game going. Get Larry Zonka or whatever his name yeah. is going.
1: <laughs> Patty C, uh, over under. What are you you're leaning over or what? You got to go under. I mean, Montana State has played 14 games now and they've given up more than 20 points once. So they have a stout defense. They're not going to be giving up, you know. 25 points. And then, you know, even at that point, if it, if, if the spread holds, what, what did you say? The, uh, the over under was 41 and a half,
0: 41
1: and a half. It'll be close. That's not exactly a shootout. They're predicting there, <laughs> but uh, I, I think with the rain, you got to take the under, uh, I do remember what I was going to say. Um, even though North Dakota state has been as dominant and it's just really probably far more talented than most of the other teams at the FCS level. I think probably what we need to do is look at the, uh, contender they're playing against and and they're ranking in the uh, stats or AP poll um, or they're ranking in the uh, the seeding of the playoff uh, obviously uh, uh Montana State is the seven seed so if that's a good example and also with the NFL those are the two two things that give us an example of what it probably would look like at the FBS level if we had an expanded playoff yeah and you have a seven seed here playing against what a three seed and you know when we went back to the 90s and looked at it these teams you know were below the four seed most of the time winning the national championship. North Dakota State has really uh, skewed the stats toward the high seed team, but you're gonna get a lot of variety if you expand that playoff. We already know this just based on the examples we have. Anyway, off track there. back on this game, yeah, give me the under. give me Montana State uh, to cover it and give me the under.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you all right Monday at that filthy roller rink in Indianapolis, Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. (laughs) Someone tell me why they're a favorite. (laughs) They're, they're laying two, uh, two and a half. Um, So Bama's the dog here getting two and a half points. Last time Bama was a dog. They felt disrespected and they made Stetson Bennett look like, uh, I don't know, a Stan Gelball. All right. Um, (laughs) Now Bama's (laughs) catching two and a half guys. My thing is this. (laughs) I've been fading Georgia all year on the fact that Stetson Bennett can't get it done. He made me look like a fool in the Michigan game, but he also made me look great in the Alabama game. I'm going to go with the team with the better quarterback. I'm going to go with the fact that Nick Saban has a great record against his assistants. He's only loss of once, once. Uh, so I'm going to ride with Alabama plus two and a half sprinkle some on the money line. And I will take the over on 51 and a half, Nick.
2: Well, you know, obviously I went back and forth on this game, you know, a handful of times, the first matchup I said, whenever you get a chance to take Alabama as a dog, it's almost a no brainer, right? It's very, very few, but it, it doesn't happen often. And you know, that Sabin, you know, relishes that role. He loves that bulletin board material. Hey, we're the dog. We're not supposed to win this. And sure enough, they came through and they would one by 17 or something. Yeah. Uh, I want to go Georgia this time though. You're gonna ride Stetson. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride Stetson. The real question is can can Bama have success running the football?
0: Let me ask you this. If Stetson, Bennett, and Georgia get it done, who was the last quarterback to win a national championship that was that bad? You gotta (sighs) you gotta go back, man. Ken Dorsey? (laughs) Ken Dorsey? (laughs) Hold on. Who were some
2: of those Al- Alabama quarterbacks uh, when they first started their reign? McEl- uh, McElroy. There you go. McCarron. No,
0: but they made the NFL. sets of has got no shot at the NFL. <laughs> it's
2: true. Was, yeah, but they made. I think. I mean, they didn't last in the NFL because they were
1: basically a system quarterback. I
0: still think they're what, better than Satsubin. But was it
1: was man. it Jason White or, or or Josh Heupel that won the national championship for Heupel. Oklahoma? It was Heupel. He was not
0: that good. <laughs> Heupel was my, was better than. I mean, dude, he ran the air raid well. I thought, I thought he ran it I- well. <laughs> well,
2: look, like, going back to this game, screw Josh Heupel. Right? <laughs> he had a nice year in Tennessee. Has no bearing on this matchup. Uh, so the question is, I think, is is can Alabama have success running the football? Uh, in the first matchup against Georgia, they did not. Only ran for seventy-six yards. Four yards a th- carry, though. Their their running backs only ran for seventy-six yards and three point five yards per carry. Really. Okay. The running backs. Oh, what was okay. skewed a little bit was Bryce Young had some some rushing yards. Forty yards per carry is not that great either, buddy. I that, know that that, that that ranks like 80th in the the country.
0: It's just good uh, enough to win, though.
2: Well, you know, what they didn't need to run the football because they were just airing it out. But I still think the loss of John Mechie hurts, and Alabama did not have success passing the football against Cincinnati. Well, Granted, maybe they didn't need to. Oh,
0: and also Cincinnati's defensive backs are much better than Georgia's. But Georgia does have a good defensive. Of
2: a of a secondary, I, I think Georgia will stop the Alabama run or at least contain it. And I don't know if Alabama is going to have the same success through the air without Meche this go around. I just and think, it's always tough to beat the team twice when when they're that's pretty much true.
0: equal with talent. That is true, now, but 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 I still think the quarterback position in 2021, Bryce Young under distress rarely makes errors. Stetson Bennett, not even under distress, has moments where he'll just throw balls up there. Even in the even in the uh, Michigan game, even though he played great, there were a couple balls that he threw up there that, if the defense is, that they were pick six potential. Right. Well, look, they
2: lost the uh, turnover battle two nothing in the first matchup because of the two picks that Stetson Bennett threw, and that was you know crucial in that game. You know, maybe if they can limit the turnovers, maybe that's equal. Then I think it's a whole new different ball game. And you know, I mean, you know those errors that Bennett made in the first game, he still threw for 340 and three touchdowns. Yeah. Now some of that was in garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so take that with the greatest. He assault. also had
0: a pick six dropped.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, look, it's always it's tough to fade Saban and Bam as a dog and it's tough to fade them against one of the, the previous assistants, but I'm gonna go Georgia this year. Georgia Bulldogs. Go dogs. Um Patty, I'm interested. I think you're gonna <laughs>
1: I think you're going to agree with Colby again. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, look, I want to agree with you, Nick, as much as possible, just because. Uh, while I do get Colby's uh, point, and I actually am starting to enjoy Georgia losing to Alabama a little bit, this is becoming <laughs> a funny thing. You got to admit, um, this is
0: going to be hilarious if if they get their hearts broken again. I hope they, in a way, look. And I grew up kind of liking both these teams, both these programs. But wouldn't it? And I don't mean to cut you off, buddy. But wouldn't it be great if like. George has got this thing and they like fumble a snap or something like a field goal and, and Bama ends up winning. Everyone thinks, Oh, if they make this 38 yard field goal, they win <laughs> and they fumble a snap. And and, and then, uh, you know, Bama beats them again. But anyway, Pat, I didn't mean to derail your point. Go.
1: No, I mean, uh, that's exactly it. The, 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 heartbreak of Georgia is, uh, is, is starting to become an entertaining here, especially because the sec is so dominant. At least there's one program we can poke at here, but that said, I've always loved Georgia. They, they're one of my top five favorite teams, e- even though they've, you know, I've started to become an sec hater a little bit. Um, not really, but I think that really what it is is Stetson Bennett. When he's, it's easy to look great when your team's up by 20 points and you can throw the ball away on third down and punt it if you have to, or there's no pressure, you know, but obviously when the pressure ratchets up and it's essential that you get six, we saw what he did against Alabama, not to mention that Bama's going to be able to stuff the run more. It's just going to be a much tougher situation for Bennett. So we'll see what he does. But I think just on history, you have to go Alabama here. And they're getting points, like Nick said. Very tough to bet against Alabama when they're getting points. Ten days, just enough time for Nick Saban to come up with a nasty game plan. They'll be ready. Uh, if, if Georgia wins, it'll probably be by a field goal at the buzzer. Which I guess it was it two and a half.
0: Yeah, two and a half.
1: That would cover it for him. But I think that's as much as you're going to see Georgia win this game by. I don't know. I mean, obviously, what they did with the chip on their shoulder against Michigan was insanely impressive. Maybe they can pull that same energy again, but. Uh, I think Alabama's going to be ready for this one, so a sl- it's uh, easy to spen- see a tide turn. Yep, I think I think Bama's the play as much as I hate it.
2: Yeah. You guys say that there's a East Coast bias in college football, which I'm not going to disagree with. Well, on this show, there's an LA bias because I see you guys agree on on everything, and I'm always <laughs> out here on an island myself. All right, <laughs> Nick, I, I'll, you're I'll, hypersensitive. Yeah, what do you mean
0: you're I'll ACC build, Nick? You were sitting island. on the Big Twelve all year. Big twelve came up big, buddy. Okay State beats Notre Dame. Baylor takes down Ole Miss. K State I will enjoy my
2: island and I'll be laughing and drinking it up when the Georgia <laughs> Bulldogs win this championship. But in all seriousness, I mean it should be a good game. It's it's just it's almost sad that we're not more excited for it just because we see it every year. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if if there was some some variety in on teams that make it this far, then this game would be awesome we'd be like, man, you know, but you know, these two were the best two teams this year. We're pumped to watch the uh, rematch, but since it's the same thing every year, it loses its luster. And I don't think any, the three of us are that excited for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Much more excited for Frisco.
1: Right. We saw this exact game what three years ago. Yeah. The exact same scenario. No, no,
0: three weeks ago. Georgia. No, three <laughs> weeks ago.
1: But yeah, true, exactly. Uh, but the, the the exact same scenario we've seen it a million times. You know, and the base, they, Georgia, if they like, just
0: played a nine game schedule. We might have saw it three times this year.
2: Well, we basically saw it like <laughs> six or seven years ago or so when that, when Alabama played LSU again in the rematch for the national championship. Yeah. yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah exactly. Exactly. And that's why,
2: that's why none of us are excited for this. And we should be because it should be a, a very entertaining game. It's very intriguing. I think people are torn on which side they're going to pick. It's not like, you know, a, an old super bowl where you, you knew it was going to be a blowout. I mean, this should be a close competitive game with some of the best athletes in all college football yet. We're all like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, me, I'm like, yes. Eh, Monday night is going to be a late night. <laughs> I'm like. Well, watch up to halftime, see where it's going. If it's close, I'll continue watching. But I should be more excited, and yeah. that's college football's fault.
0: Yeah, yeah. Army Navy much more exciting than the national championship, pretty much every <laughs> year. Um, well, I disagree. Yeah, yeah. You disagree <laughs> there. But uh, all right, folks, subscribe to the College Football Experience, um, and remember that this uh, look, we're gonna we're gonna be broadcasting you Monday before the game. First off, we'll do a pregame show from SGP, but even before that. We are going to be broadcasting NCAA 14 computer against computer updated rosters. We will have you covered subscribe to the sports scaling podcast on YouTube. Why not watch the game twice? See if there's different outcomes. See if you can get some inside Iggy on how the computers are going to, are going to line up this matchup. And then maybe that's why you place your bet. You watch the computer do it first. Then we got you covered uh, on the sports scaling podcast. Check it out on YouTube and also Twitch, all that stuff. We got you covered. Uh look, subscribe to the college basketball experience. Basketball season's heating up. We talk college basketball year-round over there. We talk college football year-round over here. Subscribe to both. Subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast. Get that SGPN app. It's free in the App Store and Google Play Store. Uh, you'll get access to all of our free picks and podcasts right there. And that's free to download as well. So get that. I'm on Twitter at the Colbd. Give me a follow. Patty C is on Twitter at Patty C831. NC Nick is on Twitter at NC underscore NICK. Terrell Furman Jr. on Twitter at ReallyRail underscore underscore. The College Football Experience on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And the Sports gambling Podcast Network is on Twitter at uh, the SGP Network. Give them all a follow. Also, check out the Slack channel Sports gambling Podcast. All right, folks, this is the College Football Experience FCS National Championship and Georgia. Bama Inventational Championship preview. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.